The Pharisees are, to me, some of the most interesting people in all of Scripture. We hear about them so much. So many of Jesus' exchanges and arguments, and even just his encounters with people, involve the Pharisees in some way, shape, or form. They often seem to be fighting against Jesus in every single thing that he does. And part of me would have liked to have met one of them a little bit, just to ask him, why do you believe what you believe? Just to pick their brain, figure, figure out what was going on. What is it that made you have this ze- you know, zeal for the law to the degree that you had? And what is it that made you want to fight our Lord on so many things? Jesus disagreed with the Pharisees a great deal, but in the midst of that, he recognized their authority as legitimate. They were sort of the uh, descendants, if you will, of the priestly people of Moses and the temple authorities. Their authority he recognized as legitimate, but he spoke out often about their their corrupted motives, their corrupted intentions, and their corrupted hearts. And I would be willing to bet that if you asked a Pharisee, one of them was alive today, If we asked them, why did you want to do this? Most of them, we would learn, were probably good men. Good people who had good intentions. Very few people probably wanted to grow up and be a Pharisee as we would understand it. Very few people would want to grow up and be one of those really, really legalistic, almost hypocritical people. I dare say probably many of them had very good intentions when they started off in their study of Hebrew law. Many of them wanted to probably do very good things, to follow the law and to be holy, to follow God, and they probably wanted to inspire many people by their example. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. The problem is that over time, Satan corroded their good intentions away, little by little by little, and eventually corrupted them. To the point that these Pharisees became more concerned about themselves than their people. And they became more concerned about themselves than God. They loved themselves, they loved their positions, they loved their power more than their flock, more than the people that entrusted that were entrusted to them. And they loved themselves and their positions and their power more even than they loved God. Again, no one probably grows up wanting to do this, or wanting to be that type of a person, but Satan slowly polluted their good intentions, and eventually these Pharisees became obstacles to God rather than bridges to people who wanted to encounter God. Does this sound familiar to any of us? Does any of this seem like it's been totally ripped from the headlines of everything that our church has been going through these last couple months that we have been embroiled in scandal? You know, we've heard so much in these last few weeks of, you know, many bishops who have sort of behaved like Pharisees in so many ways. And we've heard often about, you know, the causes of the crisis of abuse that we have, you know, experienced for many, many years in our church. And there are, there are many, many causes, no doubt. There is not one cause. We can maybe say that it's caused by sexual immorality and sin, but another avenue that a number of people have put out as a possible cause is clericalism, which is an interesting word. It is often loaded with political overtones, I'll tell you that much. And in seminary, it was a term that got thrown around a lot, 
I'd say it was thrown around in a good way. Because a lot of our formators would often warn us, do not be clericalists, sort of code word for don't become Pharisees. Because as seminarians and people studying to be priests you know, a number of years ago, we, we fell in love oftentimes with you know, the cassocks and the vestments and some of the smells and bells, we could say, about our Catholic faith. And we were exposed to it in seminary. We loved it as seminarians. We enjoyed it so much. And that's not a bad thing to love. They're good things for us to be attached to. But we were often told, don't get too attached. Don't love them more than the priesthood itself. So it was good for me, I know, a number of years ago to hear those words from my formators, don't be a clericalist, do not be a Pharisee. If, we are, if I would be more attached to those little perks or the smells and bells than my own vocation, that would be a very, very big problem. And in the same way, sort of, there's nothing wrong with loving one's office or loving one's position in the church, that's a good thing, as long as you love the flock more. We must love our people as priests, and we love God, hopefully, more than we love the trappings or my vestments or anything else. We have to be more attached to those things that really, really matter. Because when those priorities are switched, that becomes a very, very big issue. That, I dare say, becomes clericalism, loving one's position or loving one's power more than one's vocation. Again, there's nothing wrong with loving being a priest. I, I hope there's not. Uh, but again, I hopefully love you as my flock, and I hopefully love my vocation more than the perks or the smells and bells that are attached to it. And yes, there are so many similarities between our current situation in the church and the situation that Christ found himself in in this gospel. You know, because the Pharisees saw Jesus as a threat to their power, as a threat to their position. And it shows that they had fallen in love too much with their positions of authority, with their positions of power. They loved their positions more than they loved the people entrusted to them. And history repeats itself in so many ways. We see in our church, especially in our country, the, the hubris of so many bishops who have covered up abuse and who are now holding on to their power like politicians trying to ride out yet another scandal. In these circumstances, many of these men probably love their positions of power more than their own flock. And if they loved their flock more than they loved their positions of power, I dare say many of them would step aside. History does repeat itself in so many ways. We have many in the church who have disregarded the law of God in favor of their own human traditions of their own human positions of power. But I want to turn the focus actually to ourselves on this because we cannot dismiss this as something that we could be immune to. You know, this is something that does apply to us because Satan in each and every one of our lives loves to put things between us and God or between us and our own vocation, our calling and our duty that God has given to us. Each of us can probably think of, of, of our own ism or something that we can fall into, a struggle where we might love possessions or power or whatever it might be, we can love other things somehow more than we love God, more than we love our vocation, our husband, wife, or our children, or anything. Satan loves to put things as higher priorities than God or our own vocations. We cannot let this happen, brothers and sisters. We cannot become Pharisees 
ourselves. Nothing should be put between us and God. Nothing, not even the false idols that our world likes to throw at us from time to time. time. We have to pray, God, help me to never disregard your law in favor of my own tradition. Help me to never disregard my vocation or my relationship with God with you in favor of anything else. Help never let, help, may I never love anything more than you. And may I never let anything come between me and you. So brothers and sisters, let's lift each other up today to encourage each other to love God more than false idols. To pray for the leaders of our church. They love the flock more than they love themselves. And pray that we can always keep our priorities in order and love God more than anything else.